This is the LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast. Litigation news stories from California courts, from recent issues of LexisNexis Mealy's publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. In a complaint in intervention filed October 20th in California State Court seeking close to $200 million in damages and penalties, California Attorney General Edmund Jerry Brown alleges State Street Corporation and three of its subsidiaries participated in a scheme to defraud two of the nation's largest pension funds through illegal pricing practices on foreign currency trades. Brown contends in the lawsuit, which was filed in Sacramento County Superior Court, that State Street violated the False Claims Act and California Business and Professions Code Section 17200 by participating in a scheme in which they would price custody foreign currency trades for the California Public Employees Retirement System and California State Teachers Retirement System at a rate that was marked up in excess of the interbank rate at the time State Street executed the trades. Conversely, Brown says, when State Street executed custody foreign currency trades to convert or repatriate foreign currency held in the pension fund's custodial accounts into U.S. dollars, State Street marked down the price the pension funds received far below the interbank rate at the time State Street executed the trades. Brown seeks three times the damages sustained by the pension funds estimated to be more than $56 million, along with civil penalties and permanent injunction. Several California pharmacies that purchased drugs from Pfizer and Wyeth filed an amended complaint October 16th seeking injunctive relief and a judgment of divestiture, requiring the two companies to unwind their $68 billion merger. The pharmacies allege the company's announced merger might, quote, lessen competition or tend to create a monopoly in the manufacture and sale of prescription pharmaceutical drugs and will constitute a combination that unreasonably restrains trade in the market. Pfizer is the largest and Wyeth is the 12th largest prescription pharmaceutical company in the world and Wyeth is the 4th largest biotechnology company by revenue. On October 14th, Northern District of California Judge Maxine Chesney dismissed the complaint with leave to amend, saying the pharmacies failed to sufficiently allege a product market. Pfizer and Wyeth closed and consummated their merger on October 15th. The pharmacies filed their amended complaint October 16th, seeking an order requiring the companies hold separate and not commingle their two businesses so that divestiture may be expeditiously and effectively accomplished following trial on the merits. The pharmacies also seek an order prohibiting the two companies from communicating regarding pricing and marketing during the pendency of the lawsuit and an order prohibiting the companies from eliminating positions pursuant to the merger. A judge erred in denying a man leave to amend his unfair competition law action to specify how he paid higher prices as a result of a drug company's overstating of the benefits and safety of its cholesterol-lowering drug. The Second District Court of Appeal held that although the unfair competition law does not allow for the recovery of damages, it does permit restitution of money or property taken through unfair competition, something that Douglas Shaw could reasonably show. Shaw sued Bayer Corporation in 2001, alleging that it marketed Baycol, a cholesterol-lowering drug, as a simple and safe alternative to existing statins already on the market and that it produced fewer and less severe side effects. 
Quote, at a minimum, the Court of Appeal found it reasonably probable that Shaw could amend his complaint to allege that due to Bear's unfair, unlawful, and deceptive acts in marketing Baycall, he purchased Baycall at a higher price than would have been the case had Bear not engaged in unfair, unlawful, and deceptive acts. In a lawsuit filed October 13th in the Central District of California, Pitney Bowes took aim at a company developing a system for paperless mail, alleging patent infringement. According to the complaint, defendant Zumbox Incorporated, which is providing the technology to San Francisco in a pilot project, infringes three patents belonging to postal products and services firm Pitney Bowes. Zumbox is an email service that allows senders to contact people online by using their street address. San Francisco is using it on a trial basis. Toymaker Mattel Incorporated agreed October 13th to a settlement that will provide refunds and other monetary relief to families who bought children's toys made in China that were recalled as a result of dangerously high levels of lead. The tainted toys, which included certain Sesame Street, Dora the Explorer, and Diego toys made by Fisher-Price, and certain Mattel toys, such as Batman, Polly Pocket, and Barbie accessories, were recalled or withdrawn from the market in 2006 and 2007. More than 20 plaintiffs sued Mattel, Walmart Stores, Fisher-Price, KB Toys, Kmart, Toys R Us, and Target Corporation, alleging injury and negligence for making and selling children's toys that contained lead. Many of the cases were consolidated in the Central District of California. If approved by the court, the settlement will require Mattel and Fisher-Price to provide refunds to consumers who purchased or acquired the toys up to $10 million for the class. Additionally, the company will reimburse families who incurred costs for testing their children for lead exposure up to $600,000 for the class. Mattel will also implement a quality assurance program and will donate $275,000 to the National Association of Children's Hospitals and Related Institutions, a nonprofit association of 150 children's hospitals, medical center pediatric units, and related health systems. A California woman's lawsuit against a mortgage lender seeking damages based on claims for violations of the Real Estate Settlement Procedures Act and California's Rosenthal Act, negligence and fraud, was dismissed October 7th after a federal court found her complaint failed to contain specific allegations about how the defendant's actions entitle her to relief. The Eastern District of California noted that Renee Van Dusen failed to identify the nature of the loan at issue, the amount of the loan, the types of payments defendant Homecoming's financial allegedly took from her, the dates of the payments, and the amount of the payments. In addition, the court found that Van Dusen failed to explain how her allegations that Homecoming's and several co-defendants engaged in a scheme to churn loans and artificially drive up housing prices were relevant to the allegations in her complaint. Van Dusen says in her complaint she sent a qualified written request to Homecoming's seeking rescission from a loan and that the lender failed to respond to the request in violation of RESPA. Additionally, Van Dusen contends the defendants engaged in debt-collecting practices that violated the Rosenthal Act. But the court ruled that the complaint lumps the defendants' actions together and does not specify why each is being sued. Moreover, the judge concluded the plaintiff did not provide specific information on how she is entitled to relief. The Ninth Circuit on October 14th reversed and remanded a lower court's finding that the city of Palos Verdes Estates' denial of a permit to build a telecommunications tower constituted a prohibition on the provision of wireless service, holding that there are issues of material fact that preclude the district court's decision. Sprint sued Palos Verdes Estates, and a judge found the planned community unlawfully prohibited the provision of telecommunications service by preventing Sprint from closing a significant gap in its coverage. 
The panel said factual findings were insufficient to support summary judgment because they were disputed in the record. A San Diego County Superior Court judge did not abuse his discretion by denying certification of a class action lawsuit involving product liability claims associated with allegedly defective shower pans. A unanimous 4th District Court of Appeal panel affirmed the Superior Court judge's decision to deny class certification in the class action against Lasco Bathware. The plaintiffs each owned homes in which allegedly defective Lasco-made shower pans resulted in water leaks. The panel held that individualized trials for each class member's damages would be required to determine the appropriate award for each class member. The parties involved in a dispute over a law to transfer government-owned property containing a Latin cross to private hands to correct separation of church and state constitutional violations presented oral arguments before the U.S. Supreme Court in early October on whether the law violates an injunction in joining the government from permitting the display of the cross. The National Park Service announced in 1999 that it planned to remove the Latin cross that sits atop a prominent rock outcropping in the Mojave National Preserve, but the U.S. Congress began passing a series of laws to preserve the cross. Frank Buno, a former preserve employee, filed suit in 2001 in an attempt to prevent the permanent display of the cross and alleging violation of the Establishment Clause by allowing the cross to remain. While the case was pending, Congress passed a law transferring the land where the cross sits into private hands. In April 2005, Central District of California Judge Robert Timlin found the presence of the cross violated the Establishment Clause and enjoined the government from implementing the provisions of the law transferring the land. The Ninth Circuit affirmed and the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear the case. Solicitor General Elena Kagan began the presentation of the government's assertions by saying, quote, The Establishment Clause does not prohibit the sensible action Congress took in enacting the law divesting the federal government of the property at issue in this case. Kagan said the issue before the court is not whether the display of the cross by the government is constitutional, quote, but only whether the government has the ability to transfer the property and give up supervision and control over it. But Justice Stephen Breyer disagreed, saying the only question left is whether the government has complied with the injunction. Justice Breyer said, quote, The only question before us is whether the Ninth Circuit is right in saying when you carry the statute into effect, you are violating this injunction, which I think no one could say you aren't. Peter Eliasberg, on behalf of Buno, said, quote, By selecting a particular transferee who has been given preferential access to the land, to the exclusion of others who wanted to erect other symbols, the government is taking affirmative steps to permit, through this transfer statute, the display of the cross that they are enjoined from displaying. A California jury on October 16th awarded a man who was seriously injured in a car accident more than $21 million in damages. Iraq War Navy veteran Michael Nelson sued cleaning equipment and supply distributor Hilliard Incorporated and others. He was a passenger in a vehicle that was rear-ended by a Hilliard van traveling at 80 miles per hour. Nelson sustained numerous fractures and suffered a stroke as a result of his injuries. The stroke resulted in permanent damage to two-thirds of the left side of his brain. Nelson, who had previously completed two tours in Iraq with the U.S. Navy, was studying at the California Art Institute at the time of the collision. As a result of his injuries, he will require 24-hour care for the remainder of his life. The Lexus One Community, where individual attorneys are going for free case law, the Lexus Web Search Engine, free forms, and Mealy's Online. Get access to Lexus.com through research packages for the time you need without signing a long-term contract. 
Check out Emerging Issues Analysis, News, Blogs, The Download Center, the LexisNexis Store, and more. Lexis One, the online community and research resource for individual attorneys. www.lexisone.com. If you'd like more information on these and other California cases, visit www.lexisnexis.com slash or turtlelitigator.com. LexisNexis Legal News California is written by the editors of Mealy Publications, current and targeted legal news and litigation reports. The LexisNexis California Legal News Podcast, copyright 2009 by LexisNexis, a division of Reed Elsevier Incorporated. LexisNexis, total practice solutions. I'm Steve Burstler. Thanks for listening.